Yeah, well, do you get up to anything interesting over the holidays, Brian? Uh, lots of uh, high-quality family time, which is exactly what I had intended. Excellent. Good stuff. Mm. And what about you, Sam? Um, yeah, we are right next to the beach, as you know, Brian, and we spent some uh, quality time sucking up the rays and splashing in the waves. Wow. That's it, mate. You must be on a fitness kick. Fitness kick? Uh... A little bit, but more just uh, rest and relaxation. Boy, that sounds like a winner. You know, the weather's not too bad here in Brisbane for once, too. No, that's right. Blue skies and sunshine as I look out the window. Mm. Mm. Just what all those uh, uh, listeners in the uh, Northern Hemisphere... Well, I guess it's been warm in some parts of that world, but uh, in fact, uh, strange weather has been going on in the Northern Hemisphere, uh, and it has been down here, too. Sam and I would uh, probably be first to tell you that Queensland this year has not looked like the tourist mecca it does in most years. No, that's right. It's been a very wet tropical summer in Queensland this year, certainly in southeast Queensland. Mm. Um, but yeah, the weather is great at the moment. Great time to be near the beach, I tell you. Beautiful, mate. Okay, so what we're we talking about this week on the um, Sales Ecosystem Show, Brian? channels how do we reach our target market with our core message yeah that's right because um going back a couple of episodes we explained how you go how you go about defining your target market and listeners may recall that one of the mistakes lots of businesses make with the target market is they define it way too widely um, so it's real important as we said back in that episode to define your target market as narrowly as possible then last episode, we looked at how to craft your core message, how to make your business stand out by how you describe it, how to um, make sure you're promising people what it is they want from a business like yours, and how you can offer them a guarantee that will take the fear of choosing your business, will take the fear away. So by this stage, listeners, you should have a defined narrow target market and should have a fairly powerful core message to find. And so now, Brian, we're on to channels, and basically, how do we get that core message to that target market? That's right. And, uh, you know, I guess uh, one of the um, things that you got to kind of consider is the world from your client's perspective. Where do your prospective clients live? What do they look at? What do they read? And where will they go when they're looking for you? Yep, that's, um, those are exactly the right sorts of things that people need to be thinking about, Brian. And, and I, one of the things that always strikes me the uh, when I meet a client for the first time is I'm always amazed at how poorly most business owners understand marketing. Um, in fact, most business owners think that marketing is purely advertising. And one of the things we're going to be doing in this episode is completely dispelling that myth because, oh, yeah, there's a heck of a lot more you can do with marketing than um, advertising. Yeah. And one of the other things that small business owners tend to think about is they don't think they, they have to do marketing. They kind of sit there and, and somehow expect that people are just going to find them. Well, sorry to have to tell you if you're listening out there um, and that's what you believe, but I'm sorry to have to tell you that ain't the case. You have got to market and in fact, there's a, an author in the United States called John Jansch, and he's absolutely spot on. 
he says that every business is actually a marketing business yeah. and i couldn't agree more um you might That's be great. you might be in the business of offering a product or a service but ultimately you are also a marketing business yep and that also goes uh, for your not-for-profit sector as well i mean uh uh, the old saying, money makes the world go round. Um, if you want to attract money, you need to market. It's the M&M principle, which is uh, something uh, or some items, I guess, Sam, that uh, you and I are trying to avoid more uh, the old <laughs> M&M packets. But can't, uh, you can't get money without marketing. Absolutely right. Um, have, you, have you, as a business owner, not prepared to get your core message out to your target market through marketing, then guess what? Your target market is not going to know that you exist. Yeah, that's right. And, uh, you know, I was uh, thinking, you know, when you're talking about where will people go to find you, you know, that's all going to be uh, dependent upon what kind of business you're in. Um, you know, uh, the, uh, I mean, gee whiz. I guess it's uh, fair to say that when I was growing up, an awful lot of businesses used to put advertisements in newspapers and uh, particularly that big yellow book uh, called the Yellow Pages, uh, which is, uh, you know, interesting, Sam. It's still expensive to advertise in the Yellow Pages. Um, you know, even in this day and age of uh, the online world, we uh, uh, some businesses, uh, of course, uh, it's advantageous for them to still put something in the yellow pages, but unfortunately, some of the ones that we've come across, that's all they rely on, is some person's fingers doing the walking. Yeah, that's right, and and sad to say, I mean, yeah, yellow pages sales executives have done a great job because they do manage to keep the uh, rates up nice and high for spots in the yellow pages, but... And, and nothing against yellow pages, as you said, it's, it's a good place for certain types of businesses to be in, but... If that's all you are doing, if the only thing you're doing in your business is running a yellow page ad, and, and chances are it's probably been the same yellow pages ad that's been there year after year, and it's probably the same yellow pages ad that every other type of business you're in um, has as well, then you ain't doing marketing. Yeah, that's <laughs> you, right, mate. Um, you ain't doing marketing. No, and marketing is what drives your target market to your business. So if you ain't doing marketing, um, you're struggling. End That's of, right. End of story. And when we say, you know, when we say every business has to do marketing, some people get scared at that. But as you're about to um, understand, I think if you're listening in, there's absolutely nothing to be fearful of with marketing. Um, have you got? Have you got a good core message? You've got powerful core message, and you know who your target market is. Then really, all we're talking about with marketing, as you said before, Brian, is. Um, where are those people? Where do they hang out? If they're looking for a service or a product like yours, where do they look? Yeah, that's And if right. you can understand that, then you've basically got the core of um, what you need to do with your marketing right there and then. That's it. That's it. So, uh, you know, one of the things I was thinking about, uh, Sam, was the uh, when we get back to talking about our target market, you know, some of our listeners have expressed... Um, uh, some interesting insights in terms of their uh, coming to the realization that they have limited their target market both, um, well, by a number of parameters, and one of them being geography. So um, we received a few emails uh, from people who said that uh, the light bulb had gone off and they discovered they had actually tried to spread themselves too far and wide on a geographical basis. So when we talk about where people 
hang out and where are they going to find you? Bear in mind that in some of your uh, businesses, it's advantageous for you to be somewhat restrictive on the uh, geographic spread so that you can also narrow your channel of communication. Absolutely, and, and even, if it's, even at its most simple level, um, it's possible by doing that to actually save a heck of a lot of money. Yeah, that's <laughs> for sure. This is a crazy thing. I mean, I was dealing with them... Um, a business a couple of weeks ago um, where they had spent previously tens of thousands of dollars on red radio advertising um, which was reaching out to everyone in the greater Brisbane area so it was through one of the commercial radio channels in Brisbane um, but when I spoke to this business owner about what his target market was in actual fact his target market was two suburbs <laughs> Wow. Um, so he was spending tens of thousands of dollars to pay for the privilege of getting his message out to everyone in Brisbane when in fact he was only interested in two suburbs in Brisbane. Um, so he's wasting money um, and the chances are there was a much more effective way, let alone cost effective way, there was certainly a much more effective way in terms of marketing channels he could have used to get that message into those two suburbs. So well, yeah, that's for sure. Yeah, so you're dead right, Brian. Um, the ge geographical aspect of defining your target market as those people who sent in messages were telling us is important and, and helps you to understand what kind of marketing you should be doing in terms of the channels to use. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. you want to go through a few of the... Uh what we mean by channels, should we do that now? Yeah, I reckon that's, that's a good idea because we're talking a lot about channels, but probably uh, listeners are out there thinking, what the hell are these guys on about channels? What do they mean? Exactly. It's not like uh, when we were growing up, uh, what you'd, uh, the dial on the uh, television set, is it? No, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> So by channels, um, we're talking there before, we've, we've mentioned a few already actually, so let's start with them. Yellow Pages is quite simply a advertising channel, um, and it's a, a type of channel that we'd call a passive listing channel. Yeah. Passive listing, so therefore you put a listing in Yellow Pages and it just sits there, you know, it never changes, doesn't interact with anyone, it's just a very passive device that stays the same for 12 months. If, if you do have a... Uh prospect who has engaged in some sort of a dialogue with your uh, Yellow Pages advertising, then I would suggest you may not wish to engage them as a client. <laughs> That's right. Um, and and uh, just about Yellow Pages, um, last week and the last episode, we're talking about uh, chiropractors and the one that um, I worked with who completely changing their ad for the next year coming up um, to capture their core message. And their core message is around the fear people have when they're selecting a chiropractor. So if you are going to carry on with the Yellow Pages ad or any other kind of passive listing um, channel for your marketing message, then it's important that your message has to stand out from the crowd more so than just about any other channel because in a passive listing situation, your message, your ad, is going to be sitting alongside other businesses who are directly competing with you. Mm. Um, uh, it's one of the reasons why it's, it's not a particularly useful channel for many businesses because you're sitting there and right alongside you, whenever anyone looks at your ad, they're looking at every single one of your competitors' ads. That's right. That's kind of a, a funny thing too because, uh, you know, everybody uh, in the past would try to stretch their budget to get as big an ad as possible, um, I guess in the, in the uh, hope that size matters when it comes to yellow pages. 
Yeah, that's right. You know, um, it's basically it's equivalent to if I shout louder than the other guy, then maybe my message will get through. Yeah. <laughs> when in actual fact, getting a powerful message, getting a really good core message, um, is going to do you a lot more good than it is shouting your message louder. That's it. Um, so the channels then, and we also talked about radio advertising. So that's just another form of advertising. Um, advertising is more suited in our opinion to businesses certainly through mass media, mass media advertising like radio tv newspapers is more suited to businesses that are trying to target a very large target market and remember one of our um, core principles is to narrow your target market so i'd be really surprised if you've defined your target market well and narrowly i'd be very surprised that one of the outcomes is um, you should be using mass media advertising um, but that is another channel. Um, website, Brian. The website, which is, again, undergoing some rather dramatic transformations over the past few years. I mean, when we first started putting websites up, they were pretty much like an online advertisement, really. Um, kind of a brochure-style thing. Uh, nowadays, uh, uh, we can actually engage in dialogue in conversations via our websites and uh, so website is mission critical yep it certainly is there are very few businesses these days that can survive with that can survive without a, a good website and part of the reason for that is going back again to um, what we talked about before Brian about yellow pages becoming less popular as Yellow Pages has become less popular, so the internet and internet searching through search engines like Google has mm. become more popular. That's it. And in fact, there are statistics out there now that show that more than 50%, more than 50, more than 50% of people looking for a local service provider now look on the internet rather than in Yellow Pages. Oh, for sure. Now, sure. um, one of the things we did over the Easter weekend is we did a bit of a yard clear-up, so as well as la lazing around the beach, we were uh, doing a little bit of work in terms of uh, cleaning up the yard. And we wanted somebody to come, and we had a choice. We could either take the stuff to the tip ourselves, or we could get a rubbish removal person to come and collect it. And me being the, the kind of lazy individual that I sometimes am, I thought we'll get a rubbish, rubbish collection person to come and um, take it away. So what did I do? I didn't go to Yellow Pages. I went to Google and typed in my suburb and rubbish removal. And, you know, only one company in that line of business had a website. Oh, that's incredible. Um, so if you're in that type of business, not rubbish removal, but whatever type of business you're in and your competitors aren't there, there is a huge competitive advantage you have in getting a website up real quick. Yeah, you know, that brings up a good point. You know, Sam, when you're talking about uh, looking for a uh, rubbish removal company, um, you know, uh, dare I say that uh, I would have done the same thing, but in many cases, you know, um, and I guess this is a little bit, I don't know if it's uh, the same in other parts of the world, but uh, we have what are called local rags or uh, little localized newspapers. Um, and in the past, and I think it's still the case that many trades um, or, um, uh, you know, building or home renovation, all those sorts of trade-type businesses typically will put advertisements in these uh, local newspapers in the hope that they, uh, uh, you know, create business opportunities and phone calls. Um, but, you know, the same thing goes. Uh, when one of those is dropped on my uh, driveway, uh, it's 
I would have to say that maybe one out of ten even gets opened these days. Uh, yeah. I go immediately to uh, you know Google Local or uh, one of the other um, sites and um, uh, source a, uh, a prospective um, uh, contractor or uh, tradesperson from there. And then if they don't have a website, it tells me that they're not uh, probably a business I'd want to do uh, uh, any business with. That's right, yeah. And I think one of the misconceptions out there that I've come across, Brian, is business owners, some of them t- seem to think that doing a website is still complicated and expensive. Oh, yeah. Um, and the reality is um, websites you can pretty much put, well, you certainly can put together now with no technical understanding whatsoever. Um, you can have a WordPress-based website yourself up and running in about half an hour. Yeah, just uh, go to wordpress.com wordpress.com and have a look there yeah and uh sam the other one that i'm a big fan of is uh squarespace.com yeah yep. um both of those options uh give you um enormous scope and flexibility uh the old days of websites being uh black magic um are well and truly gone yeah yeah um, so talking about websites, the, the next marketing channel that we might talk about briefly is um, what's referred to as social media. And, and these days when people talk about social media, uh, people kind of th- just think you're talking about Twitter or maybe uh, maybe Facebook. Um, and so I might throw this up on a website actually for listeners to have a look at, Brian, But um, and, and I sent you this a few weeks ago, you may recall, but... Um, one of my good friends who's a consultant was running a workshop for a client when they were talking about social media and they came up with a really easy to understand approach to understanding social media which I'm just going to run through very briefly for listeners but um, if you uh, look on the website um, because when we put the episode live I'll put this picture on the website for you as well if you look on the website you'll see exactly what I'm talking about that's Um, net. that's the one um, so social media explains, so this is all, I'm going to use the example here of donuts, okay, which are one of your favorite um, food types. Uh, boy, that's, that's <laughs> cruel and unusual punishment. <laughs> but it's true. Um, okay, so donuts. So let's look at the various different social media um, channels, if I can call them that. The first one is Twitter. Now, Twitter restricts you to blasting out a, a very small number of characters in your messages. But in terms of eating donuts, with Twitter, you'd be saying, I'm eating a donut right now. Okay, so that's the notion of what you do with Twitter. With Facebook, you'd be saying, I like donuts, and letting the world know that you're a big donut fan. So that's probably on your Facebook page, Brian, is it, that you love donuts? Uh, mate, that's one that I've kept off the uh, Facebook. I would be afraid of getting a flood of donuts in the mail. Well, this is true. Yeah, donut sales. I might become an uh, ambassador for Krispy Kreme or something. You could. You certainly have the uh, um, donut salespeople <laughs> chasing you. <laughs> um, Foursquare. Um, with Foursquare, what you'd be saying is, this is where I eat donuts. So Foursquare is a location-based um, social media platform. So this is where I eat donuts is what you'd be telling people on that platform. With Instagram, you'd be saying, here's a vintage photo of my donut. Instagram short, um, stores uh, photographs, and you can build up a history of photographs of particular subjects. So here's a vintage photo of my donut. Okay, So you can look at your donut in years you're an old man Brian and you're, you're sitting there in your rocking chair you'll be able to look back and look at all the donuts you've eaten before how's that for you now that that actually could be worth some money Sam when you think about it <laughs> okay with YouTube um, you'd be taking a little movie of yourself a little video saying here I am eating a donut 
So there you go, that'll be YouTube for you. Skills include donut eating. That's probably a new profile as well, I'm sure, Brian. I just haven't that, seen it there. Yeah, that one's going up this weekend. So. <laughs> uh, pin, Pinterest, which is one of the newer ones, um, the sort of thing you'd be saying there is, here's my donut recipe. Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, with Last FM, which is a, a music-based social media platform, you'd be saying, I'm now listening to the donuts track. Okay. Right. So munching your donuts, listening to somebody singing about how much they love donuts. Uh. Um, and Google Plus, the big G, G Plus, would be I'm a Google employee who eats donuts. Okay, and I'm being, <laughs> being a bit cruel to Google and Google Plus I, there. I but, was going to say uh, that, that was a cruel yeah. But the whole point here is um, rather than what I'm trying to get by using this example for listeners is rather than thinking about social media as, hey, yeah, I need to do a social media, I'm going off, I'm going to start to do some tweets on Twitter, or I'm going to launch a Facebook page. You really need to think back to, again, what you said at the start, Brian. With all channels, it's about where are your prospective customers or clients? Where are they? What channels do they use? Which social media platforms do they um, lock into? And what are they looking for from those platforms? Yeah, yeah. Um, and if you, get, if you understand that, and let's say you decide that your, um, your audience are your target market are hanging around or looking at YouTube a lot, then you want to be putting some, using this example of donuts, you want to be putting some videos up there of you eating donuts, of you baking donuts, of you worshipping donuts, whatever it might be. You know, um, it's interesting. I, I'm still amazed uh, at how many um, restaurants uh, do not have web pages of their own uh, and rely upon um, third-party web pages uh, that focus in on the restaurant industry, providing reviews and locations and things. And um, as part of that, uh, you know, if I was own, own a restaurant, Sam, one of the biggest places that I would certainly uh, look to for my social media channel would be YouTube, which, unless I'm incorrect, is uh, still the second most popular uh, search engine, is it not? Yep, it certainly is. Um, after Google, in fact, it's owned by Google, but yeah, after Google, YouTube is the number two search engine on the planet. Yeah, so if you're in a business that has, um, you know, anything that uh, you can convey visually, it could even be a, a video of yourself, but I guess the reason why the restaurant example came up is that, uh, you know, over the past few weeks, um, I've been through uh, a little bit of a... Uh, uh, dining spree and um, I was just amazed at how many uh, restaurants actually don't have their own sites no menu or pictures or anything so anyway that's just a little side issue but I think YouTube is a pretty powerful uh, channel yeah it is and, and you're dead right Brian imagine the power of searching on Google for a restaurant finding your local Italian restaurant and they have a website but also they have a YouTube video where um, Sergio who runs a restaurant who owns a restaurant little video of him welcoming you to his restaurant, showing you around, showing you into the kitchen, introducing you to the staff, letting you have a yeah. chat with the chef. Imagine so, what impact that would have on you. Imagine that. that that's exactly right. You'd, you'd walk into that place like a family member. That's right, yeah. Uh, and there's all kinds of, you know, restaurants, I think, miss out lots on social media because um, one of the things about um, when we go to a good restaurant and we love sharing that information with others, like I remember the other week, Brian, you were telling me about your great donut experience at one of those donut joints you hang out in. Donuts um, are us. Donuts are us, that's it. Um, you know, you love sharing that experience about the great donut you had there and everyone's the same with restaurants. They love sharing 
but yet so few restaurants take advantage of that um, with social media. There's all kinds of clever stuff um, they could do there. And it's the same for, for lots of businesses. If you think about what your customers or your clients are up to, you'll be amazed at what you can achieve through social media. Okay, so other channels, um, one of the things if you, depending upon the type of business you're in, but um, if you're targeting the type of business owner yourself, then do those business owners belong to trade associations or business associations? That's right. If so, why aren't you a member of that association? There's an association for associations, for goodness sakes. There is, and we we even presented to the Association of Associations last year, Brian. (laughs) That's it. Um, because one of the things we do in our business is we form relationships with associations who have business owners that we um, target. Yeah. And that's exactly what we're suggesting you do out there in listening land. Um, if you're targeting businesses of a particular type, why aren't you a member of their association? What a, what a great place to go and meet them, get, the, get to know them, and more importantly, let them get to know you, like you, and trust you. Yeah, and I will also... Uh episodes when we start delving a bit more deeply into some of these social uh, media uh, platforms uh, explain um, other ways and means of connecting to large groups of people yeah. like association yeah great um, another marketing channel that is often completely overlooked by business owners is networking um, most people think networking is um, going and having a nice chat you know a soiree or something like that um, in actual fact, networking at its core is about doing something of value for other people way before you ever expect to receive anything in return. Um, most business owners have got huge opportunities to do very powerful networking, but most business owners do hardly any networking. Yeah. Um, find ways of engaging with um, your local community or um, your local clientele, wherever they might be, and find ways of getting to know them and adding value to them way before you expect to ask them for any business. That's right. You know, that's uh, uh, a lot of people uh, that I speak to, uh, you know, will um, say, oh, I'm too busy or, you know, I don't have time or something like that when we're talking about networking. And, you know, face-to-face, eyeball-to-eyeball stuff uh, is never going to go out of fashion. Um, one of my, um, uh, you know, one of the local business uh, guys uh, that I'm uh, old in high admiration actually was in a... Uh, newspaper article a few weeks ago, one of the things that he, he mentioned was uh, he goes to at least one networking event every week. Um, and this is a guy who uh, actually owns a uh, moving company. Um, and, uh, you know, he, he wrote, it doesn't really matter what event he goes to, he's just in the people business and that's what he spends his time doing. And uh, the results are, are there for all of the rest of us to see. He's a real inspiration. Yep, and, and it doesn't even have to be like formal networking events. Um, I know a business owner who's a tradesperson, and he actually does his networking through, um, in the part of the world we live in, we have, got, we have something called the State Emergency Services, and that they're a group of volunteers who get, who get professional training, but they are volunteers, and they help out in emergency situations. Um, if there's a flood, as there was in southeast Queensland a year or so ago, or, the, or there's any other kind of um, disaster or emergency situation, they help out um, householders with them um, coping with that situation. So he joined the state emergency services for networking reasons, um, because a lot of the people in in that um, organisation will choose him as their tradesperson in his area, will also refer other people to him. Plus, also if he's out helping someone and, and they will need some follow-up work, remediation work in his area, 
then they already know him and they already trust him because he's helped him out in an emergency free of charge as a volunteer. That's right. And you know, that's a fantastic message to convey when you're prepared to volunteer your time and you know, even your, uh, your health and livelihood yeah. uh, for the betterment of others. That says a lot about what type of person you're going to be working with if you engage with them. Yeah, that's right. So, you know, that, that kind of networking, it doesn't have to be fancy pants um, going to networking functions type of networking. It can be very informal. It can be voluntary. There's all kinds of ways you can network with prospective customers or clients. Mm, exactly. Um, we might just choose another couple, Brian, before we wrap up this episode. Sure um, yep. um, referrals, that's that's one that we'll probably do a, a episode um, on entirely about referrals. But um, referrals is definitely, there is a science and there is a whole process to uh, referrals as they're not. Yeah, there sure is, you know. Um, that, uh, that area of referral, um, is something that, uh, you know, really, uh, the penny dropped for me a few years ago when, um, I had a conversation with a, uh, believe it or not, another consultant who, um, specialized in this area in helping even very large organizations build, um, the referral, uh, process into their, uh, agreements and into the way that they engaged with, uh, prospective clients and, um, uh, he had a very unique way of approaching referrals, but you know, for the rest of us, it's it's uh, it can be very straightforward. It's uh, you know, it's a question, really, isn't it? You're asking somebody uh, um, for a uh, referral, and um, if there's uh, been a great experience and there's a, some trust established there, um, people love to give referrals. And the thing you got to remember is uh, knock that fear on the head because. Uh, um, most people, when they've had a great experience with a uh, provider of any sort of a product or service, is, is more than willing, more than willing to uh, provide a referral. Yep, yep, absolutely. So we'll, we'll cover that off in an episode on its own right, but if just about every business I can imagine, every business owner who's listening into this, you should have a defined process for driving referrals to your business. Um, it's a critical part of your marketing um, marketing mix and your marketing channels. And it's not really dependent on what you do or sell. No, it's not. No. So the the final one we'll touch on before we wrap this episode up, and, and when I mention this one, I suspect at least half of the business owners out there will fall off their chair, or will jump up and hold on, dig their fingernails into the ceiling as though they've seen a, a massive poisonous spider or a venomous snake. And because they'll think, Sam, this ain't for me. What are you talking about? This is crazy stuff. I'm talking, of course, about press interviews. Now, um, it sounds crazy when you first mention it, but if you're the type of business where you are defining your target market geographically, you will find there are all kinds of media outlets, such as local community newspapers and local radio stations, I'm not talking about the big commercial ones, but the local ones. Um, there's even sometimes local TV channels. And again, I'm not talking about the big commercial ones, but the small local ones. Those types of media outlets are desperate for local news and information. So if you can think of something newsworthy, they will love to hear about it, and you'll get free advertising space with them. give you an example, the tradesperson I was telling you about who joined the state emergency services. Yep. As soon as I had that, I said to him, have you told the local media? And he said, what are you talking about, Sam? Why would I tell them? And I said, because they'll come and they'll do interviews with you. They'll put you in the newspaper. They'll put you on the radio. Everyone out there in your local market will get to hear your name and the fact that you're a tradesperson 
you can do stuff for them, but you've just joined the SES. Oh, that's great. Yeah, and it's so easy, really so, so easy to do, it really is, because they're all desperate for newsworthy. I mean, you've got to have something that is newsworthy, but um, if you sit down and think about it, um, oftentimes you can come up with something. That's right. They're always looking for uh, what they call copy, um, and they're always looking for the human side of things. And uh, again, it's just getting over that perception that you don't have anything uh, worthwhile to say. Um, and, and along with that, you know, they're, they're, people are always interested in hearing um, from an expert, from somebody who's experienced, who's got experience and is willing to share it. Yeah. Okay, so, so with that, um, we're just scratching the surface here, um, if you're listening in, with the marketing channels. There are actually, we have a list of 32 different types of marketing activities or marketing channels you can use. If you're listening in and you like a copy of that list, and um, we're very happy to provide it to you free of charge, just contact us. You can either give us a call, the number's on our website at salesecosystem.net, um, or there's email contacts on that same website, salesecosystem.net. Just let us know you like a copy of that list. We'll send it through to you completely free of charge and obligation free. We'll also quite happily have a chat with you about what's on that list. Um, and just to recap, the whole concept here is you've identified your target market as narrowly as possible. You have defined a powerful core message, which most probably has a amazing, incredible guarantee connected with it. And your channels are what you're going to use to get that message to your target market. And that is about where I reckon we'll leave things this week, Brian. What do you think? Okay, that's a good one, mate. Let's, uh, let's button it up and um, let all of our listeners uh, get back to work, get out your pens and paper and get this stuff down and make it happen. Yeah, for, for sure, Brian. And yeah, um, this really makes a difference to business owners, but only if you put it into action. So do what Brian says. Get it done. Alrighty. Okay. As always, it's been a pleasure, Brian. Yep. Likewise, Sam. We'll speak very soon. We sure will. Thank you. See you, listeners, next week.